Welcome everyone to the Atomic Cinema Experiment. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tara. Greetings citizens. This is a science fiction movie podcast. We get together every week and we talk about a sci-fi movie. It is really quite that simple. We'll watch the film, we'll sit down and we'll work through it and discuss and analyse and possibly mock and laugh at. Although, I don't suspect that that will be on today's menu because this episode we are looking at Predator. Needless to say, Predator is a classic and it is one that we have both fondly grown up with. Therefore, you can expect exceeding praise <laughs> throughout the majority of this. I will try and nitpick a little where I can or see if there's anything to find fault in, but, you know, it's going to be a fairly positive one. And good too, because the last two episodes we did were The Tomorrow War and The Matrix Revolutions, so we could have used the win, which is why we chose this week to start the Predator franchise and work through it. Not back to back, but, you know, it'll maybe about a month or so, maybe maybe two months, and then we'll do Predator 2, and then so on and so on, and we'll have done all four. Admittedly, we don't end in a happy place, necessarily, but... We'll see. I've only seen the, the last one the once, so maybe I'll feel differently this time. As did I. I've only seen it once as well. Um, but I made that decision for a reason. True, but <laughs> we all must suffer for our art. Mm-hmm. So, soon we will suffer. But to- today, today we rejoice. Today we rejoice in the most beef-slapping movie that <laughs> has ever slapped. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I could give you the the feeling of nostalgia, joy, and t- testosterone that I feel when Arnold says, "Dylan, you son of a bitch." They walk towards each other, and their hands just smack together into a mid-air arm wrestle. <laughs> Glorious. Yeah, it's it's probably the most masculine shot ever made for a movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like the idea because I, 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 I'm pretty sure this is after Rocky Four, right? This is after this is post Rocky yeah. Four, yeah. Um, or not even Rocky Four. So I'm thinking of Rocky Three. So Rocky Three, right? You, you got uh, Rocky and, and Apollo, and there's a lot of like manly manliness when they're training together. You got Eye of the Tiger <laughs> playing. They're there for each other, written. And I like the idea that Arnold, because Arnold, as you know, has a bit of a rivalry, or did back in the day with Sylvester Stallone. I love the idea. He's like, no, I'm going to top this in one scene. I'm, I'm going to top this with this one scene. And he did it. He's like, Dylan, you son of a bitch. And that's it. That's all you need, baby. <laughs> they, had a, they had a bicep off. <laughs> I I heard that, um, you know, I, have, have you watched Pumping Iron, the documentary? I have not. You've, told, you've asked me this a few times, actually. No. no. Okay. We'll add it to your list because it's definitely a must watch. But one of the great things about it is that you find out that Arnold's a bit of a punk. Like he, he's a bit of a bully and he likes to like put other guys down so that it affects their self-esteem in a, in a competitive way. So that, you know, when they're on stage, they don't have the confidence that Arnold has. Mm. Um, and one of the things he does uh, in, in the production of this movie was that he had told like the the costume designers and stuff and the tailors to tell Jesse Ventura that he had it one inch on his bicep over Arnold Schwarzenegger. 
<laughs> so that he would get that like boost of confidence that was not real. And it got to the point where he was bragging about it so much that he like lost money because he bet Arnold that his bicep was bigger. <laughs> and of course it wasn't. <laughs> Arnold's yeah. such a punk. Yeah, I, I, I remember here. I don't know if I remember that part of this, but I remember hearing there was a lot of competitive stuff between Arnold and Jesse, the body Ventura, uh, when yeah. they were, but you know the hotel and stuff, whatever they were shooting. And both, all the rest both of politicians it. eventually. Eventually, yes, bizarrely. <laughs> both uh, became governors, and uh, Sunny something. He was going to run for governor also, but had to pull out because he couldn't raise enough money. <laughs> Sonny Landham. Yes. Okay. I, I wasn't even sure you were going with an actor in this movie. <laughs> like, I was just like, Sonny, I, was like, I looked over and went, oh, there's an actor named that. Sonny, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The tracker, cool. yeah. Yes. Uh, so, Predator, as if you don't know, it's a film where an alien predator lands in the jungle and Arnold and his elite team are there for another reason. They're brought in to do this mission from the general and there's a bit of a double cross going on but ultimately what it really is is that it's a play of all things on the slasher movie right this is how i like to describe predator it's so a slasher movie typically is you have a killer of some kind and you have a group of teenagers who are useless who don't know what they're doing and get their asses killed one by one until there's a final girl and maybe she'll survive that's a slasher movie predator takes an elite team of badasses who are the most badass of badasses that ever badassed. There is so much machismo. Big ass motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, sorry. I can't say that word. <laughs> How dare you? Of course Predator is the one where you start dropping F-bombs. <laughs> right? I mean, there's a reason why. <laughs> right. So they're the most elite of the elite. They're the best of the best. Led by Arnold Schwarzenegger, who is the you know, the pinnacle of 80s action star. He is the best of the best. And the idea of this movie is you give them a slasher villain that is going to take down this team. And the only one who might stand a chance is the very best of us. The one who can carry a tree. The one... Wrong movie. <laughs> Doesn't matter. He's a sorrow. We're getting meta here. He can carry a tree. He can... He can uh, walk through a police station taking all the gunfire. He can... He can uh, teach a class of kindergartners. Whatever. But the point is, is he's Arnold. And that's what this movie is. It's the deconstruction of the slasher movie, in a sense, through the idea of all this, this trained, very capable individuals being taken down one by one. Uh, that is Predator. Uh, I've always sort of described it as a like a Jack Reacher-like action movie that gets invaded by a science fiction movie. <laughs> I've never seen a Jack Reacher film, but... <laughs> well, like Tom Clancy-style action film. Is Jack Reacher Tom Clancy? I don't... I actually don't know, but still that, like, style of film. I don't get a spy from this. <laughs> Well, they're trying to like sneak in, and they're uh, elite force. 
They're kind of more military than spy. Yeah, they're, they're, they're trying to sneak in though and sneak out unnoticed. They're, they're sneaking in so they've got an advantage when they strike and kill everyone that's there. Well, they are they are technically a search and rescue team. They are a rescue team, and that's part of the trick of the the the, the other characters is that they've, they've they've. But they are really good at blowing stuff up too. They've sold them this uh, story so that they'll do this job because they like to you know rescue people, and that's what they're there to do. But it turns out it's actually uh, more more. Uh, more in the, not insidious, but you know, ba- ba- basically, you know, Dylan Carl Weathers, he 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 has reasons to go in there, which are actually interestingly, I noticed a little thing watching it this time about about his character is that obviously he betrays or well, betrays, he deceives Arnold uh, in doing this job, and are you going to compare him to Burke? No, because he's not—he's—he's kind of like Burke, but he's not like full Burke. Uh huh. Well, no. The, the, what I was going to say is that he is—he deceives Arnold, and what I think is interesting about his character, watching it this time, is that the, we find out that he sent in a team previously, right? He had a team in previously to try and take out this—I don't know—group of whatever they are i don't even know the movie doesn't even explain that much exactly who this group of enemies. bad guys are yeah there's their enemies their enemies who are going to They've go got across, hostages they're going to go across the border and they're going to have weapons right uh but anyway so the, the he sent in this team and the team got eviscerated not by that these this group of bad guys they got eviscerated by the predator and i love the idea that his opinion and attitude throughout the film which is very much that he constantly doesn't believe that there's anything supernatural or alien or anything anytime someone says oh the jungle came came alive and took him or there was you know like a movement in the trees or something he keeps saying things like ah there's one or two guys out there at best he's constantly sort of dismissing it he's constantly blaming an enemy and i i kind of noticed this time that part of that it's not just that he's, you know, he's weakened and he's softened because he's, as, as Arnold points out at the start of the film, he's wearing a tie, right? He's, he's been at a desk, so he's out of practice. And we see him kind of trip at one point and Bill Duke steps in and goes, if you ghost us again, mother effer, I'm going to, you know, kill you right now, you know, real quiet. And the idea that he's, he used to be good at this, he used to be just be as good as Arnold. They were, you know, brothers in arms, comrades. But he's kind of slacking now a little bit. He's not used to doing this. He's only coming in now because of this idea of revenge because he believes his previous team that he sent in got killed by this group of guys but in fact it was the predator so the idea that throughout the film he keeps saying things like no it's just one or two guys we just have to get them and so on by the time he truly believes and he sees the predator with his own eyes it's actually at that point in the film where he's willing to go and help bill duke who also by this point in the film wants revenge but he's always had his revenge directed in the right direction it's always been Mm -hmm. towards the predator and it's and there's like there's almost like a a thing between them because like i said there bildrick's the one who threatens him when he, he trips early on in the film and almost gives you know the idea being if anyone's listening for them they're going to know there's someone there because he's made a bit of a noise and he has this confrontation with them and all throughout the film they're they're both about revenge but he's directing it in the wrong place there's it's just it's a really nice little mini arc that he has where once he realizes that no, there is this other thing. This is what actually killed his men, and now he lines up with with Bill Duke. Then he goes off to help him, and it's kind of like oh, he's completed his little arc. And 
there's just that idea of him being so dismissive of everything because he just had it in his head the whole time his hatred of these people because he thought they killed his men and that mm-hmm. kind of uh visceral sort of attitude he had towards it it just it, i don't know i mean i'm not gonna say predator is that complicated a film because it isn't but no but there's a lot to love in it and there's a lot to like you the more times you watch it oh for sure for sure I was I was comparing it to Burke because I I sort of thought like you know Carl Weathers represents the more bureaucracy side of things and they're just sort of anti bureaucrat <laughs> and uh, but he's not quite full Burke like he yeah he's doing this for you know bureaucrat reasons but also because you know he his men are out there he wants to find out what happened to his men um, so he's not he's not like trying to catch the predator and like bring it back to base or to america or anything like that so he's not full burke and so because of that he's he's still likable he's not unlikable he's not like a villain or anything like that yeah which is why i wouldn't really compare it to burke to be honest but myself (laughs) well i I, sure well (laughs) i was i was getting some like semi-burke vibes He's he's got an ulterior motive, and he's yeah. kind of the one that's obviously is a little against the rest of them at points in the film. But I, he never is like, because like I said, once he realizes the predator is real, he immediately wants to take it out, and he wants to like mm-hmm. go. To, so I, I don't know the the like I never really got bark from him. Um, but you know, I did. <laughs> you're you're allowed to get bark from him. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to imagine bit. an aliens though, Sigourney Weaver and Paul Reiser doing the. The... she definitely calls him a son of a bitch i think <laughs> <laughs> she probably does call him a son of a bitch um but uh, and he has that futuristic tie on because they have the weird square ties and it's aliens the, and the popped collar and the pop collar yeah of the future the future <laughs> future fashion <gasps> so uh, we should talk about the characters we should talk about uh the predator himself Obviously, Arnold's great. Uh, he has to be the lead. He has to be the one that it all builds up to because he's the, the final girl of Predator. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is what he is. And yes, sure, it's the idea that the final girl is John Rambo, but played by Arnold. Which You know, he had to, he had to drop 30 pounds to be this movie. <laughs> Can you imagine like, being an action star and, and told that you have to cut muscle <laughs> in order to be in the film? Why? Why did he have to cut 30 pounds? It was just too big. It was like too unbelievable or something. So he had to. <laughs> but he's a he, real person. <laughs> yeah, but he's he, he is superhuman though. Yeah, but it's just the weird thing. It's, like, it's, it's not realistic. It's like, but it is real. I mean, he's, I'm I real. Know, he's so <laughs> he's so big in this movie too. I can't believe he had to cut he had to cut muscle thirty pounds with muscle. Well, fair enough. Uh, but. Oh, I mean, there's not even a whole lot to say about Arnold himself, uh, really. I think he's pretty good in it. He is. He's good. He's good. He's got the charisma that Arnold has. He yeah. he has that kind of thing where once Billy's, you know, Billy's the tracker, of course. Uh, once he starts like saying, "Oh, this makes no sense," like there's no tra- track around all these dead bodies. It's like they're all firing in different directions and didn't know what they were hitting. Uh, you know, something's fishy here. And again, he's, he's actually kind of the counterpoint in many ways to uh, to Dylan. And that Dylan immediately says, nah, it's a few guys, blah, blah, blah. He, or he's reading this wrong. And mm-hmm. Billy's very 
you know, he's very just like he's he's not even making wild accusations or saying if, if giving any theories. He's just stating the facts. There's no tracks. They were shooting in all these directions. There's no rhyme or reason to it. It doesn't make any sense. And mm. Dutch Arnold's character, just because we're probably just gonna call him Arnold all the time, but Dutch, he he's always very considerate of what he's hearing. He's always sort of thinking. He's always being a leader and all those things. Um, he's smart enough to realize certain things throughout the movie and then so on and so on. Uh, but yeah, yeah, you have the other cast members. Uh, you know, Carl Weathers, of course, is very dependable. Um, as far as the others go, Belgic, um, I always associate him with this and Commando, which is also Commando. Arnold. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've actually seen him in things recently, but he, he obviously, I, I associate these two movies with him, like more than yeah, that. Isn't he like a classically trained actor? I don't know. <laughs> I thought I heard that. You, you may be right. I did watch the um, commentary track from John McTiernan, um, and I, I didn't really get a whole lot out of it, honestly, but there he did say that he was worried about Arnold's um, acting, so he like had to fight to get Carl Weathers because he wanted to have someone that was good that that Arnold can like bounce off of, but mm. also has somebody to look at and see like a strong person that he can bounce off of that is also a great actor so they he would have like a you know someone to look up to on set Uh, and that but apparently carl weathers was a lot of the budget because you know he's coming off of the rocky films yeah um and then the other cash you got shane black of course who also you know uh is a writer although he didn't actually write this particular movie he well you know the writers are jim and john thomas uh who wrote this Mm -hmm. and they also wrote predator too uh, but Shane Black is in this and, of course, went on to be a writer and director uh, himself and eventually came back and directed the fourth one, which, uh, more on that a later, a later date. <laughs> um, we got Poncho who, and Billy. I think they're all pretty memorable. Obviously, Jesse Ventura has the big minigun, old painless. Uh, <laughs> they all have kind of your, their own distinct roles on the team. And for as little as some of them get in some ways given, like, you know, some of them have to die relatively early compared to the others. Uh, I, I don't think I've ever forgotten any of them. I don't think I've ever, like, came back to this movie and goes, wait, I forgot about this one. I know you did, for a fact. I know you forgot about Poncho, because we watched an episode of Babylon 5 where he was a guest star. Mm-hmm. And I said, that's a guy from Predator, and you said, I don't know who it could possibly be, because like, Predator's a small cast. That's different. That's <laughs> that's me not recognizing his face. That's not not me not remembering the character in the movie. Okay. So, I'll dispute that. I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> well, look, I, what I mean is, is when I go back and watch the movie again, there's never anyone that surprises me. There's never anyone who goes, oh, I forgot about this character. It is a pretty small cast list. Well, yeah. That but- almost included John <laughs> John Claude Van Damme. Well, yeah, but like, I don't think that's a fair statement because tons of movies have small cast lists, and I don't remember all the characters. You know, where I come back to mm-hmm. it, and I'll still have forgotten some of them. So, I think well, they I, don't all smile at you at the end of the film. I think it's fair to to praise us for that. Um, sure. Uh, they don't all smile. Arnold doesn't have a smile at the end. <laughs> Arnold's just got a shot from the movie. <laughs> it's like the rest. Of, the rest of them all had like smiles, either from outtakes or because they asked them to do like a smile. Just because they knew they were going to do this, but for whatever yeah, reason, um, there's no smell take for Arnold. McTiernan said that it's because it was heavily inspired by Robert Altman movies. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. The only thing I remember about that Materian commentary, other than that it was really dull and he's got a, he's a really kind of dry speaker, is yeah, he talked about learning a film like he was a violinist in a concert uh, at one point for his professor. He, he learned a film. He learned every shot so he could write down the entire shot list of a movie, which honestly feels a bit excessive, quite frankly. <laughs> but, but, you know, he made good movies, so I'm not going to dispute him. <laughs> he made some good movies, yeah. He made some good movies. Um, so the only other people other than that, of course, is Anna, uh, our one female character. Who they pick up at the uh the camp and is obviously reluctant at first uh but as time goes on becomes more and more scared because she's aware there's a, something in the jungle mm-hmm. um it's it's a little bit of a stretch in the sense because like if i'm going to make a critique about the movie here uh i will say that her at one point where she sort of like starts when she eventually starts speaking english because she's kind of like lying and pretending she doesn't speak english when she eventually does start speaking some english she tells like stories of like like her people where sometimes they'd wander into the jungle and no one would come out or so you know she has like this little story moment when the weather would get hot yeah and i'm like i don't think you need this little bit of like oh like people have a myth around here like, the Predator landed at the start of the film. I guess this implies that Predators have came to this jungle before, but I just, I don't know. I, I could I do kinda that. I kind of wish that they didn't have that opening shot of the of the shuttle crashing onto the planet Earth. You know? Like, if it just was this action movie and then all of a sudden it became a science fiction slasher film. I get it. I get it. I think the argument for it is that they don't want people to be too like turned off. If people if people are here just for an action movie and are going to be annoyed that it turns into something else, I think starting with the spaceship, you know, having the little launching thing go down to the planet tells you right at the start, expect sci-fi stuff later. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's just a way to tell the audience yeah. this is part of the movie. Because cause I, th- I totally think there would be like guys who are like, I'm going to go see an Arnold action movie. I would get annoyed when, you know, the first time you see that, like, the uh, the thermal vision POV. Uh-huh. And it's like, wait, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> like, what, what's going on here? Like, I, I, I kind of get it. I get, I get why. But I also understand why you think it'd be cool if it was just, no, this is just an action. Oh, wait, no, it's a slasher movie. And these guys Surprise. are going to get taken out one. But, well, because that's the great thing about that opening. Well, it's not the opening. It's like 25 minutes in the movie. But when they get to that camp. Mm-hmm. And you've teased the dead bodies at the helicopter from the previous squad that have been skinned and it's this great effect and whatever. But they get to this camp. And the point of this, this scene, this sequence, is to show you that these guys are, in fact, the best of the best. And this is them working at their peak, where they do stealthily get into the camp, they set up these explosives, they take out everyone, they have no casualties. The, the, the worst thing that happens to them is that Jesse Ventura gets a little bit of a bullet wound on his arm you know, which leads to the I ain't got time to bleed uh, <laughs> line. But, like, the whole point of the sequence is show this is them functioning as a team. This is what they do, and they are the best. Mm. And that's why they do so kick everyone's ass. So good that they ass. have time. They, they even have time to quip. That's there's how good they are. There's not actually that many quips. I know Arnold's got to stick around, but there's not that many others, I don't think. I can't watch that scene anymore without thinking of Red Brown. <laughs> Stay here. No, don't move. Oh, so don't move. <laughs> With a link. 
I'm actually a little scared how many times you've watched Robo War. Oh, it's so good. Not as many times as I've watched Predator. Of course, yes. Robo War is a cheap Italian knockoff starring Red Brown, uh, which we actually did as a bonus episode for Patreon, so you can go check that out. It's only a dollar per month to get access to the bonus episodes. So go, go and have a have a look. Um, <laughs> so, but that, that's what's so great, and I, I think the more because I always loved this sequence as a kid because it is just a fun action sequence with some good explosions. I, and I do love watching Arnold lift a truck full of explosives like a mom saving her child in her car. <laughs> What's so funny is I watched Pred, uh, not Pred, I watched their uh, twins. I, I mean, I watched Predator too, obviously, but um, I watched Twins, and he actually does the same thing in Twins for a different reason, where he picks up a car <laughs> from uh-huh. the back. It's, it's to like, shut off the alarm because he says, "I don't know if this is true, but I buy it when he says it." Which is, if you pick up a vehicle to the right angle uh, over forty-five degrees, it will shut off the alarms because the car will think the alarm system will think it's getting towed, so it'll stop. It'll stop the alarm. <laughs> That's, I don't know if that's true, but that's funny. It sounds like bullshit, but I'm I, I'm with Danny DeVito in the scene because I'm I'm watching this man, you know, with a car, a car up. Do you think Arnold puts it on his like resume? So for for films, he's <laughs> like, oh, here are my skills. Also, I can lift a car. I mean, <laughs> I, I have to ask this the serious question here. Do you think he's not being assisted? I like to think not. I like to think not. I like to think not, but I mean. There's a whole other side of that car where there could be like a bar that's helping him. He's doing he's doing the face though. He's doing the <laughs> Arnold uh, face. I mean, honey, that's what we call acting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we're talking about Arnold Schwarzenegger here. He's not how, the greatest. <laughs> how dare you? How da- he's a thespian. He's a thespian. Did you I see do think it? he's good at this. Did you not see him do I think this is kind Hamlet? of like peak Arnold. Did you not see him do Hamlet and Last Action Hero? He's a oh, that's right. He's a star. <laughs> He's a star, darling, a star. Oh. Mm. That's a great moon. So, but it really does serve this purpose because I think, you know, going back to like what this movie is, which is this team of ultimate badasses being taken down like they're victims in a slasher movie, the whole point of this scene is to prove to you that that's what they are. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it proves to the predator who's watching them, like, these are the guys I need to target. These are my, this is my, my game. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely, because you know the predator is hunting effectively for sport, uh, possibly rite of passage. But I don't know if that's necessarily implied in this film. I think that's more something that we take from later, from other yeah, yeah movies and the comics and whatever else. But because uh, I think I, I always like I, again the later films and other predator things kind of go against us a little bit. Uh, but I always like to think this is just a vacation. Well, this is just something the yeah. predator is doing for fun. Yeah, he's going to Africa to. Pay to shoot a it's lion. N- it's not Africa, but <laughs> no, I mean like, like a rich person goes okay, to see, a, a safari to shoot a beautiful endangered animal. I see. I see what you mean. Um, because <laughs> I, I think that, that the reason why I've always felt that way is because what you just said there is he sees them take out this this village and he goes, "No, this is this is a challenge. These yeah. are these are you know proper sport." And as the movie goes on and he keeps taking more and more of them out, the idea that he ends up with Arnold. And when Arnold does enough to like land some blows and actually fight back without any weapons, that's when he sort of throws him down and like says, "All right then, moan then," and he takes off his mask because he sees Arnold as a as a genuine one to one. Like this is a mano a mano fight, and he's like, "All right, yeah. moan then, bitch." Like that that's that's his reaction to it. We don't see it, but do you think he does it with Billy also? And Billy's just not Arnold. 
That's a good question. Because he um, challenges him, and I think that's why Arnold does it again, but we don't actually see if he fights him. B- Billy does challenge him, but the question is, does the Predator bother unmasking for Billy, or does he just kill him because he doesn't see him as the same, the same level of threat? He's not proven himself. Right. And, and Billy is also doubtful, because Billy... I almost call him doubtful. But, but Billy even says, like, you know, like 20 minutes before that, that we're, we're all going to die. Like, he, he he's basically given up already. He he believes that this this hunter, whoever it is, whatever it is, is definitely going to win. Um, mm. Arnold, on the other hand, has the has the faith in himself. He has the faith in those biceps that he can do this. That he he can does take have on. the biggest biceps. He does have the biggest biceps, yes. So, that's uh, wonderful. Let's talk, let's talk about the Predator. Let's talk about the, uh, the design, Stan Winston, the late, great Stan Winston, and his wonderful work on this. Yeah, man, don't you miss him in movies? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. We, we talk so much about, like, creature design and monster design, and it's just anything post-Stan Winston is, like, terrible. It, it just all <laughs> looks the same. All looks like the same lizard people came up with this lizard thing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, to to give credit where credit is due, I mean, as much as he did design the Alien Queen, of course, Giger did do Alien, and that was obviously mm-hmm. equally iconic. But Stan Winston, Terminator, Stan Winston, Predator, Stan Winston, not numerous things. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leviathan. Surprisingly, that's maybe, that's maybe <laughs> a lesser one in his film. They can't always be five stars, okay? Some of them, some of them are just going to be him. You know, it's, it's an off day. But anyway, yeah. <laughs> But there's some interesting trivia with this in that originally there was another design, uh, which if, I think if you watch like, the making of doc on the, 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 the Blu-rays and DVDs or whatever, uh, you can maybe see some sketches of what the original version was going to be. And they, they didn't like it. They, 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 they kind of hated it. And Stan Winston was brought in to like do you know, do a proper job. And that's when he came up with this this design. Um, I, I love the, the mask. I think the mask is a stroke of because he is a hunter, he is like someone who has tools, and I, I think I kind of loved that about the practicality of the predator that he does have. Like you know, what, at one point when he does get injured after the old painless mowing down the the jungle scene, mm-hmm. he does have a wound, and we see him use like a little medical tool, and we see him, you know, use various bits and bobs and gadgets, and you know, he he is a an intelligent life form who has. Yeah, I, I actually really like that scene a lot because we get to see him, like we get to see all these alien tools, but. Because they're being used, they're all designed for practical reasons. We know exactly mm-hmm. what they are, and uh, I-, I think it's just like the the suit and the tools and everything's really well designed. Absolutely, and even as much as people don't think as fondly of Predator Two, I think Predator Two's additions to his arsenal with the spear mm-hmm. and the discs that he can throw honestly felt like they fit with like what the Predator was to me. It, it never felt yeah, like it betrayed it. A yeah. sport hunter, yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that I, I think I love the idea of the predator being, and I think this is why people love to pair it with alien, and because it is so different. Because aliens, aliens an animal, aliens an animal that's just doing its basic instinct, right? Predator yeah. is an intelligent life form who is just as smart and maybe even smarter than we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it's a professional, professional cosmic hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I went to go after the ultimate prey, which is the unkillable animal. Of the xenomorph, yeah, absolutely. But in the case of like you know taking alien out of the equation, that the what is the the most desirable prey? What is what is the one being that will give you a challenge? The most dangerous game. The most dangerous man on earth <laughs> is Arnold. There's you know, there's, there's 
he is the ultimate like challenge as far as mm-hmm. as far as human beings go at this point in the 80s he is the, he is the one to to measure your success against in a physical <laughs> one-on-one combat <laughs> but in a, in a trophy case do you think you could tell arnold's skull from anyone else's probably not <laughs> probably not skulls look pretty similar for the most part <laughs> too bad he's not doing like portraits of the people where he gets the skulls from mm. I, feel <laughs> I see it uh that would no, be the real trophy that was it and the other big thing with the predator is the uh the camouflage which uh honestly holds up pretty well the effect that they use for this still i mean it's an optical effect it's not cg it is an optical yeah. uh trick effectively um but I, but I do like that they're not just like pointing at the forest and it being empty and someone like mm-hmm. wiggling a branch around and saying that it's there you know i like that they gave us the effect where it's not 100 percent perfect it, yeah the it, camouflage. Feels, it feels like tech it feels like tech that's doing yeah. the best job it can but it's still tech and they're still there's still limitations and, to and it. And it gives you a game, like, can you spot the predator in, like, a... It's possible, yeah. When, it, when it's panning, yeah. Because later on, when uh, when Bill Duke and, and Carl Weathers are, are, like, hiding from it, and they're looking up, and he's like, can you see it? And then, finally, you know, Dylan can see it. He's like, yeah, I see him. And he's in the tree. He's like, yeah, he was spottable. He wasn't impossible to spot. But he it was hard. It was tough, yeah. for sure. But, uh, you know, it doesn't feel like... Oh, he's 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 a he's, he's a ghost who can just appear wherever he wants. It's not that t- there are rules to this, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's he's not setting off trip wires because he's using the trees. He's he's traveling up above, but it's uh, yeah, that stuff's pretty cool. I I think the practicality of Predator and everything. If if anything, the only fault is that they made his claws so long that it looks like he's having trouble using some of his tools, and I'm like. Maybe you should maybe have shortened them a little bit just so they didn't feel as silly. But uh, well, you never know; he might need to get in a hand-to-hand combat. Sure. I mean, it'd be useful scratching. I, I mean, no, you know, no complaints about that. I like the way he uses his nails to like undo the mask, though. Oh sure, yeah. yeah. The claws. I mean, I think that. Like he still uses them as tools. Yeah, and of course, there's the the face underneath the mask. No. I mean, I don't know what the, the general opinion in this and what you feel about this. Uh, I do think it looks better with the mask. I like that does that look better overall, but I am not that's not to say that I don't love the the four like corner mouth design that it's got these. The mandibles. The uh, one ugly mother effer. I mean Tara's already swore, so I should probably just say it, but <laughs> You're not gonna bleep me out. <laughs> I'm probably gonna forget, to be honest, so Yeah, that sounds right. Sorry about that. <laughs> I just, you know, I can't not think of Robo War. <laughs> um, That's what Arnold's missing in this movie, the little crop top. Don't think I didn't think of that scene. <laughs> um, although Arnold's entrance in the in the Chapo with like the red super tight shirt and the cigar. <laughs> so Arnold. Yeah. It's that, not very ju- practical to be smoking a cigar while you're trying to like sneak around in the jungle, I don't think, because I'm pretty sure that smoke will travel. Because they smoke outside of the when they're like moving around, also. Yeah, I don't think they do it right outside the base, though. So I think. I don't know. <laughs> I thought I spotted them with, the, with somebody with a stogie out in the jungle. I thought, put he that does, thing but out, I- man. He he does it he does it after the they've already dealt with the base though so I don't think there's any enemy concerns it's just like when they're I planning see. their escape. Okay, okay, okay. I'm well, fairly certain. 
in any case, I, I do like the design without the mask. I think the mask is cool because it is alien and it's super slick and it looks like a shield. It's very cool looking. There's a cool um, thing with the, the pacing of how much we see of him because uh, the first, see when we get that scene where he's fixing himself up, so it's kind of the first time we get a glimpse of any of them without the, the camouflage, right? You know, we've seen yeah. them in the camouflage, we've seen his POV, but we've not seen him yet, not really. And, and even in this scene, blood is like super green, bright green, super green blood. But even in this scene, we don't get like a proper look at him completely. There's a sort of like wide shot at the end where you kind of see his mask, but for mm-hmm. the most part, it's a close up of the hands, it's a close up of the, the tools, it's, you know, it's all the close ups. Yeah. Um, but we get this scene, it's actually right after uh, the painless, the old painless scene, right? And it's when Bill Duke actually does get to see him in the camouflage. You get so I love the idea. That we've all we're always one step ahead of the cast, but we're never too far ahead. So I love the idea that when they get to the stage where they see what we've already seen, mm-hmm. we then get to go ahead a little bit and we get to see a little bit more. And it's kind yeah. of the same thing. And obviously, both us and Arnold get to see him in full view at the same time when he yeah. you know, decloaks in the water and all that. But I uh, love this, like the steam coming out of the the mask as he's like taking it off. Like there's a different atmosphere inside. He's got to depressurize the mask. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. Uh, and because because we know what affects his vision when he takes the mask off because he doesn't have the the thermal view anymore. Yeah, he's got like dog vision. Yeah, uh, which is which is really neat, really neat. Yeah. Um, now Perzine's uh, it's one of the most iconic designs for a a, a creature. I mean, I I think it's fair to say the xenomorph is probably a little more iconic, but. It, 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 yeah, I kind of put them up in the same tier. I know, I know that xenomorph is definitely like it's pro- it's better because ultimately the predator is still like a man in a mask and mm-hmm. a suit. Um, I mean, so is the xenomorph, but you know he looks very humanoid. Yeah. Um, but whereas the alien, the xenomorph alien looks very alien and not of this world. Yeah, as uh, long as it's shot right. Obviously, if if you see the behind the scene photos, it's very clear it's just the guy in a suit. But you know, sure, at, yeah. as it's shot in the movie, at least in the original movie, yeah, you can see it looks truly alien and truly yeah different. Yeah, but I do like I like the humanoid design of the of the predator because we can sort of see man in him. Like this is a version of of us who is super advanced technology wise and still has to go out and hunt for a sport to, to find some sort of excitement. I could, it's still something you can see us in, which I kind of enjoy. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if anything, the predator is more like the Burke of uh, this film. <laughs> <laughs> He's the rich asshole. He's yeah. uh, out doing it for, for his own gain. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, that's super interesting. Um, so no, all I think all that pacing. Obviously, some of the the more iconic scenes. Um, Poncho is like the first one to. It's just Poncho. Is it Shane Black? It's a uh, Hawkins. He's the first to go. So Shane Black. Yeah. yeah Shane Black. So Shane Black goes first. Uh, that's right. That's right. Um. And of course, Jesse Ventura is up next, and that's obviously at least the Bill Duke mowing down the uh, the jungle. And that's the, the very famous scene where they all start firing their guns into the the jungle. I actually, yeah. I, I have a 
Now, this is something I never even noticed this until this time I watched it. I have a slight nitpick with a line of dialogue here. Yeah. So Poncho, after they've mowed down the, the thing and Arnold's like saying, you know, Sergeant, what did you see? And you know, Bill Duke's got the, you know, the, the ghost eyes and he's, he can't focus, he's just staring at his face. And all these static stuff out. Poncho eventually comes back into the scene and says, I did a sweep, couldn't find anything. There's not a single footprint, no blood, no no nothing. And I went, wait a minute. There is blood, though. Anna just spotted some green blood on... And I suppose you could argue that he's, he's looking... He's not looking for green blood. Yeah, he's looking for red blood. But it did strike me as a bit odd that right after she notices this green blood on a leaf, he comes in and says, I can't find anything. There's no blood. <laughs> <laughs> Which it's just it's just a little bit silly just a little bit i know it's not it's not just green blood it's like the reanimator fluid it's it's glowing it's inside of a glow stick yeah yeah it's it's glowing you can, you it's its own that. light source uh, uh, what i didn't really like from the commentary is that mctiernan like he knew that that american men liked looking at pictures of guns like guns firing like mm-hmm. that's a, a masculine thing <laughs> he wanted to like make fun of it so he, he made this scene over the top on purpose. So he's like, you guys like guns firing? Here's all of the guns firing to the I point of taking that. down the forest. So it's meant to be sort of like like mocking people who love that kind of stuff. Which I, I, <laughs> And I, it gets to the point of ridiculous when you yeah, watch it. I, like it's funny and masculine can, or whatever. But I think you can see it because the characters yeah. just like, because obviously, okay, Belgic sees the predator and he picks up the minigun and he just starts firing it. And then yeah. the others hear this, they all run in. They all just start firing in the same direction without knowing what they're trying to hit. They don't see anything. Yeah. <laughs> he mentions also that he does the same thing in, in Die Hard. Yep. In Die Hard, but it's against glass. So both times he's like, I'm going to do this, but I would never per- put like people on the other side of it. Like I'm not trying to glorify it that way, even though he just had that whole murder scene in, <laughs> in the uh, the village. But I thought that was an interesting comment. And what I also think is pretty funny after watching Robo War, which I won't talk about the entire time, but <laughs> the fact that Robo War took the wrong lesson from that scene and said, this is the coolest, most badass scene. We're going to do it <laughs> six times, like makes that commentary extra hilarious to me. <laughs> um, I can see it in the scene, though. I, I, I don't think it's yeah. like... Uh, because Die Hard especially, when I, when I reviewed that with Matt a couple of years ago, uh, presumably around Christmas time, although I don't remember exactly if that's when it was. Um, I think there's a lot of commentary in that movie. Not so much that's necessarily against guns, but more that the reason why John McClane is the hero of that movie is because he actually takes what he's doing seriously. He doesn't just think he's cool or a badass. The FBI agents, the uh, the, the the cop, that's not not uh, Al who's like helping him, but like the the captain who shows up and is like really against he's like oh we're badass we're gonna be we've got a tank we're gonna roll in there and shoot all the terrorists like john mcclain never treats it like he thinks he's cool he never mm-hmm. treats it like he's he's special or he's amazing it's all these other characters and hans gruber's kind of the same way and the reason why hans gruber eventually loses in that movie is that he finally at the very end decides to let his ego get in the way and he has to say yippee to him before he mm-hmm. before he kills him and that's what let john win right otherwise he might not have been able to hans might have won and there's a, there's a nice little through line in that film about how all of these people who think they're cool because they're badasses with lots of guns are the ones that are destined to fail, if not die. Yeah. So it's there. 
that's what makes like I mean even though Die Hard is like the the gold standard of action movies and stuff I think that's what makes McTiernan such like a a much better director than like Michael Bay I mean that's kind of like or even like Zack Snyder who's just like we just want things to look cool like this is cool so we're gonna do it but they're not (laughs) seeing the uh uh, you know, like the subtext of what they're actually trying to say in these action movies, these McTiernan films. Yeah, I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons why he's a better director than those. I mean, you you picked no, two. sure, I have other things to yeah, say too. You picked so. a lot of bottom of the barrel examples for that <laughs> comparison. But... Sure. Yeah, low hanging fruit, but you know, I was just trying yeah. to make the point. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Uh, uh yeah, but um, oh yeah, he he is definitely a much better director. Like I I love the way this movie looks mm-hmm. um especially like when you watch a lot of I, I think i've brought this up before but like when you watch low budget stuff it, a lot of it's shot in like forest or because i it's mean it's cheap. supposed to be a jungle but yeah you could <laughs> shoot in the forest for you know free <laughs> so <laughs> shoot in a park somewhere or shoot in a warehouse right so um and and they look bad because you know the light's coming through so you have shadow and light and through all the leaves but you don't want like your people to look too dark or too oversaturated and this cast too is so diverse like bill duke is dark so if you get the lighting wrong he's gonna like disappear um and but it, he looks great in this movie like he all the lighting looks so good I don't and think, some of the shots are really effective like, i don't think i've ever got the intensity of a man more than bill duke shaving with no shaving cream he's just got a razor going down the side of his face and he's sweating so much and then blood starts to it's like he gets stuck on a spot like he's got like a spot in his skin and he gets stuck on it and he just (laughs) sort of presses in until it snaps and then he's just like oh i guess that one's done (laughs) (laughs) seriously like barely flinches yeah Uh, honestly like i think bill duke is probably my second favorite in this Film. like it's hard to top arnold oh belgic no, belgic is great in this see, see the scene where it, so he's so he gets the sad so after jesse ventura dies right and he gets like because we see him get killed with the the predator's laser gun right the cannon which just goes through his chest mm-hmm. and he gets the sad scene with the, the sad sort of like soldier down music where he sort of like you know puts his canteen on jesse and that but we get the scene of him later that night when he's on watch and he's just looking up at the moon and he's just like sort of talking to himself but he's, it's like he's talking to Jesse Ventura about old stories where they where they came out on top and they 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 were badasses and they were you know <laughs> yeah. and all the rest of it. Yeah, he does so much with his character. He's really good. Like mm-hmm. it, I think you forget that him and Jesse Ventura in this movie only have like two scenes together before Jesse Ventura dies. Right, and like Jesse Ventura's opening is like he spits on the shoes of. Um, carl weathers mm-hmm. so he's got like this cowboy look he's making these jokes and he, he kind of like he, like he's obviously bigoted and he he, he kind of when he does that you kind of think oh he's like a racist too but then like he has this relationship with bill duke to the point where like bill duke's gonna get revenge for his fallen yeah. brethren I, I think you know like you, oh no no that wasn't you, about race that no, was about that was them him being, being a, a bureaucrat yeah that was him being the office boy and not the right you know yeah the, 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 that was him. or even that but, is, but in the intro I mean, you're like you don't know yet but it's not yeah, even just that I, I think i mean maybe less the office guy it's more just that he's not one of their team like they're, they're yeah. clearly a team who function together and he's the outsider you know this guy's <laughs> come in and he's still spit on a man's shoes <laughs> They're jumping in the jungle. They're, they're going to be getting like covered in all sorts of shit. 
as soon as they land. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, everything like the, the just the harsh red lighting of that introduction of all those characters. I mean, obviously we see them briefly before uh, in the opening, but you know they're just kind of in the background and they're coming out in silhouette. And it, of course, it builds to Arnold. Arnold's last to get off the helicopter, and it's this kind of dramatic. He's got to finish his stogie first. Uh, got to start. <laughs> you mean? Oh yeah, that's right. Actually, in the commentary, I did hear that the the only one of the few like CGI moments is that he had to. That it wouldn't actually light the cigar because it was too windy or something. So, so they had to add a red glow to the cigar. So that's CGI. Is it actually CG? Yeah. Well, I mean, that's what McTiernan said. Okay. The red glow of the cigar because they couldn't light it. Okay, that's a bit of that. Um, I mean, it's a slasher film, right? That's what you're saying. It, it, it kind of, yeah, it very much is a slasher movie in a lot of ways. Um, so what do we have? Uh, we have... Modes of death. The three-pointed, uh, targeting system. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the same thing that kills Jesse Ventura. It's just that the, it comes from behind, so we don't get to see the, the lasers first. Probably. Yeah. Uh, we also get, obviously, get the claw thing up through someone. Um, we get, uh, just sort of blood splatter. We get the, the chest explosion. We get a head explosion, mm -hmm. uh, later on in the film. Um, which is really nice. Uh, my favorite. We get an arm that's shut off. We do get the arm shut off. Uh, While the is... gun's still firing. That said, you you can, if you pay close attention, catch a glimpse of the real arm kind of snuck under the. You know, I mean, yeah. I'm not saying they should have cut off Carl Wells' arm for the sake of the film. I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> you can you can get a sneak peek of it if you're looking for it. Still, I enjoy his slow motion scream and then the the the, the gun still firing as it's hitting yes. the ground with the arm severed. <laughs> I intentionally like how he spins around in a way that's like the, you know, it's, it's like the counterway to where the camera's moving so that we actually spin past the side that has no arm as he turns around. It's, 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 there's a nice like fluid motion to like both of them doing the opposite. It gives it like a sort of vibe that I really quite yeah. like. There's a momentum to the shot, which I really like. My favorite practical effect in the whole thing though is after he's, I think it's after he's stolen Jesse Ventura's body because he steals that in the middle of the night. Uh, or maybe it's someone he's killed later, but he, we see him rip out the spine and skull of one of them uh, up in the tree, and it's just you don't see like you you don't see like a close up of the actual ripping out, but just like seeing like, from a distance the ripping out of the and then the, the yeah. spine and the skull and then the close up of the skull with all the blood sort of dripping off of it, and then he just sprays it with some shit. I don't know, it just looked really yeah, great. it's got like an <laughs> encapsulate, something to keep it from getting too moldy. <laughs> yeah um no it's nice so it's, it's a really nice effect uh yeah it's almost like a shadow puppet when you see the head and and uh or the skull and the spinal cord <laughs> ripped out yeah and then obviously i mean that's pretty much all the deaths uh you know well it's the, the predator related deaths obviously there's a lot of killing in the in the 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 big action scene early on in the film which has grenades knives yeah. Machine guns. Jesse Ventura yeah, mowing people down. The the female character in this is not really necessary, which I I guess they felt the need to throw in a female just so it wasn't too gay. The movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. I, I, no, she serves a purpose. She does serve a purpose. and it's... Yeah, but she doesn't really need to be there. It, it's She's there for like some of the exposition of like the history or the lore of this thing that hunts them in the jungle 
Well, no, I, I already hard. said we don't need that, and I think that's a mistake to have that. The, the one thing she is there for, though, that I think is valid is the idea of learning that the Predator is only going after them because they have weapons. The idea that the yeah. Predator won't attack her because she's just an innocent person. That is a really interesting plot point that I think the film does benefit from, and you need someone there to be that. Otherwise, like, there's no one to do it with. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. And plus, I mean, I, th- I think inherently we associate, like, a woman being with all these big machismo guys as being the one who is innocent, who isn't the, the fighter, who is not necessarily helpless. I mean, she seems quite feisty. <laughs> you know, she seems like she's always trying to, like, run away and, like, fight back and stuff. But right, yeah. she, she definitely adds that purpose or has that purpose in the movie. And, you know, I, I think that's fine. Um, if, if I have critiques, it's the, it's the backstory that she comes up with uh, talking about the stories of this place and people not returning from the jungle. Uh, and also, I'd say the pacing takes a slight hit after the action sequence when they're kind of, like, looking around before the deaths really start kicking in. Maybe up until... Uh, Probably the old painless scene, you know, when the jungle gets shot down. So maybe that little section of the film there is maybe just a touch... I'll say slow, but I think what I mean more is that maybe a little aimless, because the characters are just kind of trying to, like, okay, we're trying to leave, where are we going? There's not much momentum in the premise yet, because the Predator's not really made his presence felt. But once that kicks in is when it really starts to feel like there's a build of something. Yeah, I don't think we really know where they're going after anyway. Like, there's no sense of, like, direction or this uh, where they are, this, um, like, are they trying to get to a beach or they're trying to get to some rendezvous point? doesn't really, I, I don't think they really bring it up. It's just well, like, it's, well, it's, that's done and now we just walk through the jungle. Well, no, they do kind of bring it up. They say that they're, 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 they're going to where the chopper's going to come and get them. They're getting to the chopper. To the chopper. Right? That's that's effectively what, what it is. But they have to get to the right place and get out to, the, you know, wherever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't need, like, an Indiana Jones map with, like, a red line of where they're they're traveling to that day. But, like, be nice to have some sort of idea of what this area looked like. Of their sure. direction. Sure. That's fair. Um, so... But obviously they start dying, uh, and once a few of them have been killed, once, like, they've seen, um, I think it's after Poncho dies and after Ventura's body's taken that Arnold's like, look, if we try and just get to where the chopper is, we're, we're going to die. We have to make a stand. We have to actually set a trap, and we have to try and fight it. Uh, and of course, everything fails because none of the traps are accounting for, you know, height. Invisibility? Yeah. Well, no, for, for, for the fact that he's using the trees. That he's mm-hmm. up in the trees, moving around. Uh, well, actually, maybe they are. Because does he, does he realize that after the body's taken? Well, after they mow down the forest and they don't find anything, I think, uh, doesn't the girl say something about how it was in the trees? Oh, no, it's later than that. It's because it's, it's, uh, because she's, she's not talking yet at that point to them. You know, mm-hmm. other than just saying the, the jungle came alive and took him. Uh it's, it's later on. I think it's after Jesse the Boy Ventura's body's taken and they're trying to like, figure out how it got past the, the trip wires. And I think it's around then that they realize, oh, she, it must be using the trees. Uh, and I think that maybe that's when she chimes in. She's, she's starting to... Because she has that moment in the middle of the night where they all get distracted with the pig and mm-hmm. she's not, she doesn't run away. And they're like, why didn't she try to run? And Arnold's just like, look at her, she's terrified. Like she, She's staying with us because she believes that she needs the protection. <laughs> yeah, she feels safe. Something more dangerous than us out there. Yeah. 
if you can believe it. And yeah, sure enough. Uh, yeah, poor Poncho, because Poncho gets hurt with the big tree log. You know, the, the, the counterweight to the trap, or maybe it's the trap itself, but it hits him. Yeah. And he ends up getting like carried for a while. I can make it. I can make it. And then he. Yeah, it's like his whole rib cra- cage is yeah. crushed or something. Yeah, he got hit hard. I do like how like people get hurt in this movie. Like things, they don't just bounce right back after getting hit by a tree like in other action films. Mm. <laughs> you know, it's damaging and he is near death. Oh, for sure. It doesn't last very long. <laughs> like once he's no, in that state. No. <laughs> no, but it is nice to know that people aren't like, you know, only killable with a headshot or, <laughs> sure. or something. Like it's, um, it's just a trope in action films. So it's, like, if Arnold got hit by the tree, he would have recovered somehow. And it wouldn't have been a big deal. Well, Arnold does go through a lot, obviously, in the back chunk of the film. Uh, I do like also in the scene, though, that we get to see the the net come up with the invisible predator in it. Hmm? I, th- I thought that was a, a decent effect. And it's like, oh, yeah, now everyone knows he's invisible. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, once this happens, once... The predator most like it, the predator wipes out a lot of the team very quickly, uh, where it kind of escalates. And because I think that's one of the best things about this film is the momentum. And not only is it directed very well, not only do all the characters have memorable little quirks, a couple of them have little arcs, uh, Bill Duke and Carl Wells in particular, but you have this idea that the kills start slowly with the main team, but then they ramp up, and a lot of them die very quickly. For Arnold to be left on his own, where he ends up, you know, running away and falling down the the waterfall, leading, of course, to the you know the mud realization that he can't see him if he's covered himself in mud. And we get our money shots. We get the predator in full vision. He looks great. Arnold's like shitting himself, and he's like, and it's good visual storytelling as well because it's a sort of thing where, okay, he can't see him, and Arnold sort of like you know looks at the mud in his hand, and he's like, oh. You know, he doesn't say anything, really. He, you know, he just looks at it. It's all visual. And I think at this point in the movie, because it's down to just the two of them, him speaking to himself, I think, would have not ruined the rest of the film, but it would have hurt it. But because it, yeah. the, because it just lets you go about his business where he starts setting traps and he starts preparing and he starts saying, no, I'm going to John Rambo this. I'm going to take this asshole on one-on-one. Uh, and he... It's rules. Yeah. What they always talk about when I talk I mean more less sci-fi and more horror, but I talk about rules. I talk about an enemy that can be defeated if you understand the rules and you obey them and you use mm-hmm. them to your advantage. How can you work around them? And that's if what Arnold bleeds, does. If it bleeds, we can kill it. If it bleeds, we can kill it. Yeah. For sure. Do you think it's odd that he starts a fire though? Like while he's doing his work and stuff? It's like put that thing out, Arnold. <laughs> you already know now that he can see heat. Um, because he's using it. It's on while he's like making the traps and stuff, and it wasn't until he uses it to light the torch and gives his great Tarzan like burst. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's a little fire, though. (laughs) (laughs) I guess it's a little. It's a little fire. It's. uh... I don't know. It seems risky. I mean, if he's still sitting there covered in mud, then the predator will just see the. Will shoot the fire. And Arnold will have a chance to hide. <laughs> I, I don't know. Would, would you? <laughs> um, 
I do love all the traps, though. All the booby traps. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I kind of love that the final trap, you know, after... Because obviously, there's, a, there's some fun stuff where he's sort of, like, hugging the tree or he's under the tree. And there's a lot of the tense, the slow suspense of, like, will he find them? All that stuff. Yeah. But I love that the final trap that he eventually nails him with, it's not the trap as it's intended. Because, you know, that's the famous moment where he's like, you know, I'm right here, kill me, I'm here, I'm right here, kill me. Do it now. Do it. <laughs> um, but the Predator's smart enough to realise it's a trap. And he walks yeah. around. And I love that Arnold has to think in his feet and realises that he's under the counterweight. So the trap is still used, but it's used in not the way that it was intended. Um, and that's what ultimately wins the fight. Uh, mm-hmm. But, you know, the, 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 it's... um. He had to outsmart him. He, he couldn't outbrawn him. Because even as, as big as Arnold is, this predator's bigger. <laughs> yeah. He's like 7'6 or something crazy. Yeah. Well, the actor. Wait, I, think, I think he's 7'2 and a half, but I'm pretty sure he's got some lift on those shoes, on those boots. I, that doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I mean, of course, why wouldn't he do that? Yeah. You can get an extra few inches out of Kevin Peter Hall. Um, uh, Who right. makes an appearance as, a, as the pilot at the end of the film? Yeah. And he, st- he plays the Predator in Predator 2. Yeah, he did that before, oh, really? he, before he died. Yeah, he's in, he's... yeah, yeah. he did die super young. Yeah, it's a shame. But he uh, he is the Predator in Predator 2, so he got to do it again. And yeah, I, you know, I, I, lo- I love it when the Predator sets off his explosion. It's like, it's got a mushroom crowd, cloud. It's like actually like a nuke. Well, it's, but it's not yeah. really, because if it was a real nuke, then Arnold shouldn't be alive. <laughs> it's alien nuke. It's a mini alien nuke. Very, very many. <laughs> very many yeah uh yeah oh, i like it too it's like a fireball that starts slowly building up in the in the in the air before it actually mm. turns into a mushroom cloud i think what i love about this is that the the predator because he's like studying the language a little bit because he, he hears the jokes early on he hears billy laughing and he mimics billy laughing later on he sort of tries to like like say it himself back but it sounds a little distorted yeah um, i love that he has this laugh as he's setting off the bomb and it, it it gives him just enough character where he knows he's lost, yeah. but he's going to take out Arnold with him and he's laughing about it. He's he's getting that point across and he wants Arnold to know that he's he's happy about it. Yeah. Uh, it there's, there's just enough of a character uh, that's presented in him choosing to do that. And even before, the idea that he does decide to take off his armor, take off his weapons and fight Arnold one-on-one because he's finally met someone who he sees as a genuine challenger. And he still expects to win, obviously, but he's like, no, this is a worthy opponent, so I'm going to, you know, which is the one thing that really separates from a slasher movie because a slasher at the end of a slasher movie doesn't get to the final girl and goes, you know what? She's a good fighter. I am going to put down my knife (laughs) and I'm going to take her on (laughs) (laughs) one-on-one. It is the same idea where you have to outsmart him, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, those, that principle. The final there. girl always has to outsmart the villain. Yeah, but this this is the machismo version of it, where the villain yeah. has respect for that, and Arnold has that. So it's like, okay, <laughs> we're going to do this. Yeah, we're going to fight the ultimate, the ultimate predator. Um, I, I think that simple subversion of what it is. You don't really think of it as a slasher movie. You think of it as an action movie and a sci-fi movie and an alien movie. But it is very much a slasher movie in how it's it's presented. Once you get past the introduction to... It's, it's almost like if in a slasher movie you had to have a scene early on that established that they're all a bunch of dumb teenagers. And I guess some do, in a way, but 
like <laughs> I don't know how you do that. Like <laughs> show, show them all at a party or something and like being really bad at trivial pursuit. I don't know. But <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know. Um I've always sort of thought of Predator as a horror film. It kind of is, yeah. And in, in some ways. I mean I always put it in the sci fi category first, but uh it is yeah, all of the above. Like action, horror, sci fi, <laughs> yeah. I've always sort of thought of it as a more of a more of a horror film. But I've, same with the same with the first alien. I've thought of that as more of a horror film too. Cuz it has the horror tropes more than it does science fiction. I wouldn't say more than I'd say it's equally sci-fi and horror the first alien. Um yeah. And- I mean, I suppose I, my, you know, view has changed throughout the years, but uh, sort of like traditionally, I've always thought of these as both horror films. I never thought of this one as horror first. Horror is always third on the list on this one. I've always thought of this yeah. as sci-fi first, action second, and well, when you got Quippy third. Arnold, it's hard to think of it as horror, I guess. Yeah, I mean, but it so, does. I mean, I think I've always seen it as a slasher movie, also. But I mean, you said it yourself. Like, if it wasn't for the little scene at the start, this this is an action movie up until it's mm-hmm. not. Up yeah. until this un this. And I think that's the other reason why I think this works so well is because it does present itself as just a straight action movie and then the unknown, this alien entity invades it, invades the mm-hmm. film and presents them, with, movie. Pre- presents them with this challenge <laughs> that they have never faced before, something that they've never been able to come up against before. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's kind of part of the, the wonders of it. It's the wonders of Predator. Yeah. Very good film. We haven't talked about the music yet though, but the music is amazing. This is pretty good, yeah. Uh, it's very distinct. It's very merit, Alan Silvestri, and mm-hmm. uh, I won't say his best work because the dude did do the Back to the Future trilogy, which is like, you know, best of all time levels. Come on, <laughs> but it's this up there. is but this is extremely good. It is. There's not a lot of Alan Silvestri scores that are distinct in my mind, other than Back to the Future and Predator. But Predator is very distinct. You, I, I can't, you know, not go. <laughs> yeah no i agree i think it is uh i think it's up there definitely with his best and um you know so much about a soundtrack or a score will like make or break a movie like you know without without you even really realizing it but like the, this getting someone like Sylvester to like give the film more of an atmosphere and tension that it needs to to be able to cross the three different genres that the movie is is uh i think impressive mm. um and uh, you know what one of the, the the key moments of the music i mentioned the sad kind of like the the, so, the fallen soldier theme that plays as bill duke saying goodbye to his friend mm-hmm. um that plays again at the end when you know when when the helicopter comes and anna's on there with the general and the smoke clears and Arnold's standing there kind of triumphant. It's not a happy moment. You know, that, that music's playing and he's sad and it sort of continues playing as he's on the helicopter. And if the first time it plays, it's the, you know, it's the loss of a friend, you know, at the end, this is him finally reflecting on the idea that he has lost all of his team. And yeah, he has, it's, it was a sad ending. It's a sad ending where he is the last one standing. And there is a somber quality, even though he survived, there's a somber quality to the ending where... And I think because of all the interactions he has with the Predator in that last fight, he's kind of realized that 
this predator in many ways is another world's version of of him or them mm. you know his team like it's another one of you know if, if this yeah. predator was born a human on earth he might have been on his team like this this may have sure. been yeah yeah I mean, the way that they just take out all those, you know, we assume bad people in the village <laughs> that they all murder and quip about, like, it's no big deal to take life, and then I mean, somebody you, comes in and starts taking theirs. What do you mean you assume? You see them just execute two hostages. Uh, we don't really know that much about them, like, who they are <laughs> or what their goals are. <laughs> like, sure, but there's a, enough of a visionist to them that you at least get the sense sure. that they're not yeah. nice. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I who knows? Maybe that hostage was actually like a terrible person. <laughs> okay, Tara's full death penalty then. <laughs> <laughs> no, of course I'm not. <laughs> what if they shot a Nazi? What if that was a Nazi they had? I'm going to go out and all I'm here and say it wasn't. <laughs> but if it was, <laughs> we don't know. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's pretty much Predator. Uh,. Uh, I mean, there's so many little details. I, w- I want to mention uh, the the quality of the the image here. I know this is maybe a bit technical, but uh, Predators had a bit of a, a weird history on home video. Uh, basically, when the first Blu-ray came out, it was pretty grainy and rough because Predator had always looked had had kind of this very grainy look to it, and it was the print wasn't that great. It was a bit scratchy and whatnot. But Fox took this to heart so much that they did a second Blu-ray. And the digital noise noise reduced the whole thing, and everyone looked like a wax figure. There was no grain. There was no nothing. They 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 smoothed out everything. And oh no, that's not a good. We gotta thing. get those pores. I mean, look how oily they are. Clearly, it, we have to see the pores. It looked terrible, and um. So I actually luckily had the first Blu-ray because as as much as the print was a little rough, because it wasn't it wasn't like butchered with digital, you know, trickery. It still looked more natural. It still was more pleasing to watch than the later Blu-ray. So uh, I actually watched this in 4K because they and luckily when they did the 4K print for the new 4K versions, they didn't butcher it again. They they, they gave gave a genuine 4K version. So it's the best it's ever looked. It looked very nice when I watched it yesterday. Um, it's uh it's very good. That said though, I will say the opening couple of shots like on the helicopter. It's not until they get inside the little hut when they're having their meeting and we get the son of a bitch scene, mm-hmm. uh, where it starts to look really great. The first sort of scene when they're outside, just coming from the helicopter, is is very grainy. Like, whatever they were doing at the time to shoot that, I don't know if it was the film stock, I don't know if it was the time of day and the lighting conditions, but it is a very grainy little couple of shots. And mm. so, but, but, but know that it does actually smooth out quite a bit <laughs> once, once you get inside to the next scene. Shall, shall we rate Predator? Yes. What would you like to rate Predator? I want to tell a story first. So, <laughs> so I was I was once dating somebody who had never seen Predator because they didn't like scary movies. You know, it's the first red flag. But I was super excited to like show him Predator for the first time. Like, like it's rare to show an adult <laughs> a movie that you love that's been around forever. Um, you know, and so I. I put the movie on and we're like maybe 20 minutes into it. And I just, I had this like realization that well, what if he doesn't like it? <laughs> there's no, there, there's no scenario in my mind where I can meet someone who said, I hate predator, <laughs> but like there's a, there's a chance, right? I don't know. 
if this guy's gonna like it or not and i realized that like this is my deal breaker movie like i cannot be with somebody who doesn't like predator and obviously i love predator <laughs> but i'm not going to give it the 10 i'm going to give it the 9.5 oh okay how, how, yeah. how reserved of you. thank you <laughs> but i do think it's near perfect and yeah it's still my deal breaker film if you don't like predator there's no chance it's never gonna work. <laughs> yeah, I, unsurprisingly, I am going to be slightly more reserved and go with a straight nine out of ten. Um, it is an excellent film that deserves its place. It is, I, th- I think it's remarkably well directed. I think most people write it off as just ah, it's just a dumb Arnold movie where he's in the jungle and there's a monster. Um. But, so much more. But the movie is is so strongly directed, the pacing, the momentum. Although not one blip after the after the big uh, action scene for a little bit, but it's it's so the way it plays upon the tropes, the way it clashes multiple genres, because it really is it's an Arnold movie meets a slasher movie. But the slasher is big enough, tough enough, and even more like superhuman than Arnold and that's the point that's this it's almost like a meta thing in a weird way and that makes it fascinating uh, and the fact that it's pulled off where I, I often say this when it comes to some of the best movies that have subjects like this where no this director didn't treat it like he was making some B movie even though technically in premise it kind of is a B movie the director treated this like it was a serious film that he cared about that he was making and he didn't hold back he didn't like phone anything in he tried to make a genuinely great movie where the characters worked and uh, the characters are all memorable and yeah, it's, uh, it's... I think it's his first feature film too. Which makes it more impressive if anything that. Yeah. So I, I can't really fault that. I mean, John McTiernan... Also why he wanted to give it his all. I mean, John McTiernan... Making a serious movie, dang it. I mean, John McTiernan, he, of course, that Die Hard, which is largely regarded as one of the, 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 the pinnacle of action movies. And then you've got Predator... And nothing really comes close to those two. But he did also do Die Hard with Avengers. He did do Last Action Hero, which I enjoy. Um, I don't want to talk about the Rollerball remake. Because clearly, like a lot of directors, he'd lost it by the time the 2000s came around. And that's okay. We can accept that. And you know, Happens to the best of them. Yes. Um, or, or even after Die Hard with Avengers. He, ha- he, ha- he has a good like, decade in him. And then yeah. it, it kind of goes after that, unfortunately. Uh, and then he goes to jail. Yes. What's interesting is he actually has something listed as in pre-production, which is very notable given that his last film before that was Basic in 2003. So if if this thing actually... 20 years later. <laughs> if this thing actually comes out, which may actually be literally 20 years later... Uh, if, Does it look legit? If you're lucky. Let's click on it. It's got a really foreign-looking name, though. Uh, it may... Oh, Emma Thurman's in it. Uma. Uma, Uma, Uma. Uh, seems, like, seems like it's early days. It is listed as action sci-fi. Oh, what's, the, what's, the, uh, what's the description here? A group of rebels set out uh, to kill the oligarchies. Oligarchs? Is that made up word? Oligarchies? Oligarchs. And military thugs who terrorize a war-torn planet in the remote Tau City solar system. Which actually, the title makes more sense now. The title is uh, Tau City 4. Mm. I thought it was foreign, but it's, it's the name of a star cluster, apparently. Okay. <laughs> so, fair <laughs> enough. He's doing a sci fi action movie. 
Hey. With Uma Thurman. I hope it's real. I hope it happens and exists. Yeah. And then we I'm can... curious. Has returned. What does prison do to a director? His glorious return to a uh, <laughs> uh, film. He he he's seventy this year. He turned seventy earlier this year. So okay, we're not ageist here. Well, that's not my point. My point is, is that he's not as old as I thought. I'm saying that he's younger than I thought he was. So mm-hmm. directors still make stuff in their seventies. Um, yeah. So okay, we'll see. I mean, his last couple of films weren't that good, but they were also 20 years ago, so I mean, he's had time to recuperate. I've never seen Rollerball. It's, oh, it's not. I mean, I'm, I'm, talking, about the, I'm talking about the 2002 version here. I'm not talking about the James Cann one, but the, the 2002 one. Whoever thought Chris Klein was going to be a, a star in Hollywood uh, needs, <laughs> needs to never work in Hollywood again, quite frankly. Um. All right, well, there you go. That's Predator. Very, very good. <laughs> what are we doing next? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> so, how, how about in the meantime, you give them a key phrase to say in the comments if they made it this far? Um, If you made it this far, type the word choppa. It's kind of obvious, but... <laughs> is, is it? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Get to the choppa. Get to the choppa. It's uh, probably the most quoted line from the movie. That's probably true. That's probably true. Uh, next up is the last vote winner from Patreon, uh, which is the 50s sci-fi movie, Them. So, so look forward to that. Uh, Have you ever seen week. it? So, cool. Um, Have you ever seen it? Honestly, I can't remember. Mm. I might have. I watched it on TV when I was a kid, but I don't really remember very much of it. I may have Other seen than that. I think it takes a while before you see ants, but yeah. Uh, well, Tara's going to post for the thumbnail, so uh, move that make out the way. And oh, I can't wait to see what this one's going to be. Uh, you have a little like uh, thing on my shoulder. <laughs> the, the gun. That's not there. <sighs> tell me, tell me again when the mic's actually your mouth. <laughs> Can you put the little, like the predator gun over my shoulder? Oh, I can maybe pull that off. Sure. <laughs> I can maybe pull that off. Somehow have three red dots on your forehead. <laughs> well, hold on. Make it make sense. How, what's the <laughs> physics of this? <laughs> I'll be. <laughs> hold on. Angle the other way so that the shoulder that's facing me or on my side. It can be used as the one where it's this. But that's not my good sign. Just, just flip me. <laughs> this is taking two lashes, mate. It'd be like a three-second segment on the show. Tara's like, these episodes should be a little bit shorter. And then she sits and dilly-dallies during the posing portion. <laughs> All right, here we go. Three, two, one, pause. <laughs> Good luck. Um, I don't, I don't think I can use one where you're looking like complete profile shot like that. Well, I'm sure you can make it work. No, because the gun's going to cover your face. And put it on the other shoulder. Then you'll be able to see it. <laughs> well, so long as you have the laser with the red dots. 
Okay, alright, I'll try and do something with it. I, I, I feel like there's no respect here for how difficult it is to actually Photoshop some of this shit. But I'll see what I can do. I have no idea. I don't hate the idea of giving you more work, though. Luckily, before you spun, there was like a good 30 seconds of footage of you with no mic in front of you. So I could basically just take any of that that I want to, <laughs> if, I, if I feel like it's Fine. too difficult. Whatever. Well, dude, you've been difficult, okay? <laughs> you've been a diva right now. Okay. Tantrum Tara. <laughs> oh, come on. Tantrum Tara. That's your nickname. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, Tara, uh, after I obviously thank our Patreon producers, you're going to tell them about Patreon. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Short, Bordnow, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, David Brown, and Stanley. They are our Patreon producers for the month of July. Tara, why don't you fill them in about the rest of the Patreon details? Yeah, if you are interested in getting more reviews like RoboWar, then check out our Patreon page. It's patreon.com slash TV, and if you donate as well as $1 per month, you will get access to our back catalog of science fiction movies. Some, uh, some good ones, some not so good ones, uh, but all worth listening to. And you get a back catalog of horror movies as well, which is not done by me, but that's okay. Just more, more goodies. And if you donate $5 per month, you will get access to these reviews one day early and some other shows you get a whole week early and you get to vote on what we watch. Thank you. Wonderful. Mm. I'm good. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> All right, that's, that has been the Atomic Cinema Experiment. Thank you very much for joining us once again. We do always appreciate it. Keep watching science fiction films and computer at Salsa. Don't move. <laughs>